Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Show. This is our NBA show. We are here. I am Michael Raziel. I got my man Ghost with me. I butchered your your uh, last name on the last one, so I don't need to do that again. We are here to talk a little NBA. We have DraftKings. They have finally released their money. We know the pricing on DraftKings. We know what it looks like. So I brought Ghost on to chat about it, and maybe you know we'll look through it a little bit. We'll we'll find a lineup. We'll kind of talk about some stuff. We'll massage it together, and hey, maybe we'll throw one together if you're kind of lucky. So, Ghost Man, how excited are you uh, for? I mean, we have all these millie makers coming up in the next week. I mean, I, I have to assume you're taking one of them down, right? I really hope so. I mean, uh, it would be an honor to to do so. But yeah, absolutely. I mean. Uh, Rarely do we ever have this much time to put uh, the amount of research that we do into a slate every single day, right? So we're kind of bouncing around from sport to sport uh, when everything's going on. So I guess uh, the pandemic kind of gave us a bit more time to research and whatnot. So I'm really looking forward to it. We're getting ready. We're getting excited. It's a fantastic day to be alive as always, Ghost Man. So yeah, dude, let's just let's just jump into it. Let's get ready. Let's get rocking. So as we said, DraftKings does have their pricing up. If I'm not mistaken, it came out today. So I know I, I think immediately texted or, or just added Ghost on Twitter. And I think he got very giddy when that happened. So when we're making a lineup, you told me you really like to start with center. So I guess give me a little backstory on why you prefer starting with that type of position. Um, I, I feel like it's, uh, it, it was kind of something that I developed over time playing NBA. I mean, uh, I've been playing NBA for many years, DFS, and I pretty much play every single day. I mean, even when I tell myself, oh, you know what, uh, I might take an off day today. I still end up throwing at least one or two lineups in. So, uh, it, it's kind of something that I developed over time. And I feel like, uh, when I first started on FanDuel, I, I typically started with the point guard position, but then instead of one, I would end up choosing both of my point guards right away. And then I, I would kind of just follow the order in the sense that I would leave center to, to last. But I felt like that was a crucial position to uh, to get right in order to get that takedown lineup. And ever since I've been playing on DraftKings around the same amount of time that I started on FanDuel, I kind of started with the same uh, with the same mindset that I need to have the right center in my lineups, especially with uh, the, the players that are eligible there are not necessarily always the, the top targets on the slate, depending on, uh, I mean, hey, if you're going up against the, uh, uh, who, who do we like to target? The Bulls uh, up front, then yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you got Carl Anthony Towns against the Bulls. That's probably the first guy that you're putting in your lineup. But I mean, and if they're not in an A-plus matchup, it's typically not somebody that we look to first. But I, I definitely like to do so in order to, to not uh, punt the position and make sure that I have the right guy in there. I love it. So again, we're 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 making we're in the Millie Maker. DraftKings has one, you know, FanDuel has one as well. And this is just opening night. I think it's four bucks to enter. Somebody's gonna take down a million, but I'm a little com- more confident that it's probably gonna get split between a couple hundred people, but we'll see what happens there. So so looking at this lineup, I mean, we see we have AD at 10K. We see Zion there. Doesn't really look like he's gonna play, unfortunately, because he had to leave the bubble. So we'll see yeah. how long it takes for him to come back. So it's kind of a drag. We see Rudy Gobert, Montrez Harrell. I mean, obviously, there's there's one guy that stands above the rest, and then there's a bunch of other guys. So, uh, you know, I guess initially, is is this just a plug-and-play, put Anthony Davis in spot, or are there a couple other guys that you're at least starting to look at and do some of that research you were talking about to make sure that we're diversifying a little bit more? I mean, at first glance, I mean, uh, it's pretty clear that AD would be the top target, and rightfully so. I mean, from both uh, a ceiling perspective in a in, in a gpp especially a gpp like the millimaker but also just from a raw points perspective i mean 
I, I don't really have a doubt in my mind that AD will be the top scoring center on the DraftKings slate. I mean, he's a power forward or on Fandle, but uh, for, for DK's million maker, I don't really have a doubt in my mind that he'll be the, uh, the center with the highest amount of points, barring any uh, infamous Anthony Davis to the locker room tweets there. But uh, knock on wood, I don't think we're going to get to any of those on opening day. But um, at first glance, my initial thought is to plug in AD, but especially with DraftKings multiple positional eligibility, I would consider some of these other guys. And um, there's a lot of Qs and a lot of Os on the slate right now. So that's something that I want to touch on briefly. I mean, we already mentioned that Zion has left the bubble. Uh, he, he's attending to a family matter from what uh, we've been reading on some reports. So they haven't really uh, given us much details. He has been uh, getting tested for coronavirus every single day uh, from what I've been reading. And every single test has come back negative. So that that's definitely a good sign, even though he's out and about and uh, outside the bubble and taking care of some personal things. He, he doesn't have coronavirus. So not so much just from a basketball perspective, but from a personal health perspective, it's definitely mm-hmm. good for Zion. Um, Montrezl Harrell is also a guy that left the bubble uh, to attend to some family member, uh, matters. So again, not really too sure what's going on there. Something that caught my eye today when researching, Derek Favors did not participate in their scrimmage against the Nets. So we don't really know whether that was for uh, quote-unquote load management, which is, seems to be the theme of 2020 apparently because uh, we felt the need to get a multiple-month uh, load management from all sports. But uh, we don't really know what's going on there until the Pelicans release some news. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, Zubak has also left the team. Uh, so you have a bunch of guys at this position specifically that not only do I like to target at first, but especially with all these questionable players and some guys that will eventually get ruled out, hopefully ahead of time, it's definitely now a position that I want to lock in first. So with all the questionable tags that are there right now, I will lock in AD for the time being on DraftKings. Yes. All right. Nice and easy. And I love that description. I think it is really important to, you know, you have to do the research. And of course, we still have some time till basketball is back. I think that's what next week. I think basketball is back. We have baseball. It's already rolling along. So we're excited about that. So we will see. And of course, see what happens with Zion. As we've said, the number one thing is health. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you're leaving for some family concerns, it's obviously been kept under wraps. So hopefully everyone will be okay. Everyone will be fine. But I mean, you know, you're going to leave the bubble if you're uh, you have a family member that is in need. So of course, it's okay to do that, and it is what it is. And it's yeah, it's starting to get crazy. If that is load management, um, that's it's a weird one. I mean, Kawhi hasn't even taken a game off yet, right? So if that's uh, that, I think that's how we that's who we should put it up against. So um, where where do we want to go to next? Um, Typically, the next position that I go to on DraftKings is a small forward position. Uh, just because a lot of guys in in the NBA are are listed as a small forward on their respective team, but sometimes they kind of move around depending on the rotation of their offense. That uh, DraftKings has them listed as uh, a power forward, a shooting guard, depending on what their position eligibility is. So over the years, I found that small forward is another position that I like to lock down uh, with my center right away. Perfect. And uh, I guess how many stacks of LeBron and AD are you going to make? Uh, very few, very few, to be honest with you. Yes. Um, the first reason being that, um, when you have two players like that, that have such high respective usage rates in the sense that both of them are involved in the offense on virtually every possession. If I could, uh, if I could simplify it as much as possible is that they both won't hit their, their respective ceiling games in the same game. And even if they do it, it, it's very rare that they Mm -hmm. will. 
right? So meaning that if I need Anthony Davis to go off for 60, 70, or he has one of these games where he goes for five blocks and five steals and he puts up 80 plus, it'll most likely come at the expense of LeBron James hitting his ceiling. So especially on a slate like this, I'm not too comfortable paying over $20,000 on usually any given slate for for LeBron James and Anthony Davis together, but certainly not in the Millie Makers. So it, it, uh, right now I'm leading Anthony Davis over LeBron. And the second reason for that is because I, I honestly don't believe that LeBron pays a full 36. I mean, they're five and a half games up on the Clippers. Uh, the Lakers right now are the definition of a team that's championship or bust. Um, they need to keep AD in the offseason. I mean, uh, obviously LeBron's going to have a strong word with that, and I, I think he will stay, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. But uh, obviously, if, if, if they put that championship ring on his finger, it'll uh, it'll definitely help their cause in making him stay uh, with LeBron for a couple more years. That, and they can pay him the most money over everybody. I think <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty good cause. Absolutely. Win. And and I think, you know, one thing uh, we should talk a little bit about is, is you know, it's, it's the Clippers too, right? It's not like they're going up against the Grizzlies or the Wizards, right? They're going up against the Clippers. They're going up against the second best team. Some people think the best team in the West. Yeah. How do you feel... How do you feel the game will play out in terms of of points, in terms of that many people staying in the game? How close do you think it's going to be, or, or, or do you think it's going to be a blowout? I feel like it'll be a relatively tight game, uh, depending on how each coach decides to play their rotation and uh, and their respective stars. I mean, obviously, if we get the typical Clippers rotation where uh, where Kawhi and Paul George kind of offset each other, and there's pretty much one of them on the court for all the the entire game. And the Lakers do the same thing with AD, either closing out the quarters or LeBron does. And when one's on the bench, the other's on the court for, for the full game. It'll definitely keep it closer than, uh, than what the spread indicates. But again, whether we see these guys play full minutes, I, I, I have my doubts right now. Uh, both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is the definition of load management, just like what you said. So, uh, and, and Paul George has his in, uh, injury history. Same thing with AD. LeBron isn't getting any younger. This is no uh, LeBron in his Cleveland days or, or even when he went on that, that, that run with Miami with Chris Bosh and, uh, and D. Wade, right? So he, he's not getting any younger. They're going to want to save them for, for their championship run. And I don't think they're going to play a full 36. That being said, if it's both benches playing, I, it, it doesn't really change my opinion that this game will stay close. It's more just about who gets more touches. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then let's look at let's look at small forward a little bit. We have Anthony Davis locked up in center. Who are we looking at? Um, are we looking at the Clippers? Are we looking at the Lakers? Or are you trying to check out that other game a little bit? Um, for me, it's uh, it's that other game. The Utah and Pelicans game is the one that I'm going to be stocking. And uh, I'm hoping that ownership kind of shifts towards the Battle of L.A. simply because um, the public know a lot more people in that second game. I mean, you got LeBron, you got AD, you got Paul George, you have Kawhi. Uh, they're bigger names. They're guys that, uh, if, if people base their lineups off of game logs, which I highly recommend that you do not do, but there's obviously, uh, p- people that like to do that. Right. And, and I, I respect that decision, but, uh, it's, it's typically not something that I like to do. And if they're looking at the game logs, they go on small forward, they see, Hey, LeBron James puts up 55.8 DraftKings points per game. It's the highest one there. I'm going to play him. Right. So again, that's not something that I like to do. Um, I'm looking at the first game simply because I really think the Pelicans are going to push the pace. Uh, these are games that smashed uh, the overs in every single game that they've played uh, 
so far this season. I have them written down here. They, they hit uh, 255, 248, 254. And the last game ended up being 270. Ooh. How can you ignore a game that puts up 270 points? Is that I mean, a duck triple overtime? It went into single overtime, but they That's only put thing. they 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 only put up something like sixteen points in, in OT, right? So they 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 still hit over two fifty. I don't remember the exact amount, but I I remember specifically saying that they, they still hit over two fifty pre OT, and these are game totals that you, you simply can't ignore. I mean, if if you saw a game like uh, like a Suns Wizards game that had a two fifty over under, you would pretty much jam four players from each team on in that mm-hmm. game, right? So. For me, that that's a game that I'm going to be targeting, and some two of the best targets are actually featured at the small forward uh, position. Um, we're going to go past LeBron and Kawhi. Uh, surprisingly enough, I feel like they're going to have ownership that are slightly too high to be able to take something down like a Millie Maker. But I also feel like uh, two players in particular present excellent uh, point per dollar values, and the first one that I'm going to mention can actually put up. Uh, the same amount, if not more points than Kawhi and, uh, and LeBron. And that's Brandon Ingram. So before, uh, the Rudy Gobert pretty much shut down the NBA, uh, with his, uh, shenanigans, I guess we could call them. Um, Brandon Ingram was just going on a tear. He was a guy that this was the Brandon Ingram that we saw at Duke. This was the guy that we saw go second overall in the NBA draft. This is a guy that drew all the KD comparisons this is a guy that I want in my DFS lineups. I mean, in, in his previous games against Utah, he's absolutely shredded them. And on top of that now, I mean, Bogdanovich is no uh, excellent defender in this league. But again, it's still a hole that they have on the wing. Brian Ingram should flourish in this game environment. And he's somebody that when he gets hot, he gets hot really quick and he could knock down some shots. So he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be targeting in my lineups. Let's go Duke. I'm all about that. All right, sweet. <laughs> and so, so where do you want to head uh, from here? Uh, we'll go to the uh, shooting guard position. Shooting guard. All right. Let's look at it. I mean, nothing too, too crazy here, surprisingly. Uh, as you said, a lot of this, New Orleans, Utah, Utah. I mean, it looks like a lot of guys. Who who are we looking at here? Is, I'm assuming this is going to be coming from that New Orleans, Utah game? Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're we're looking at that game for, uh, for a game stock, right? So um, we're going to have a couple pieces from that second game, mainly some value pieces that, uh, that we'll get into in a couple of minutes. But, um, from the shooting guard position for me here, it's all about Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is a usage machine. He's a guy that dictates that offense. Uh, he doesn't have Bogdanovich to knock down his, uh, his three point shot in the corner. He's going to be driving the basket all game long. He's going to soak up all the touches. Uh, he's definitely a guy that I want in, in a lot of my lineups next week i love it i love it where are we going from here ghost man uh we'll go point guard point guard let's rock it lebron james point guard no <laughs> with only 24k left i don't know if we could do that i yeah, mean uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to email DraftKings see if they could let us uh go over like twenty thousand dollars in salary but uh let's see hey man <laughs> add him on twitter we get the whole crew you never know what'll happen we never know um so yeah just like i pointed out we have just under five thousand dollars remaining per position so you're gonna ask me hey we have Three guys that are all 7K plus, where's our value going to come from? Uh, it starts at this position right here, and I am looking at Jordan Clarkson. Um, both of these guys in Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles, which uh, we're going to get to at the next position, are guys that are going to benefit from extra touches, extra run with Bogdanovich out of the lineup. Um, right now, I assume that Joe Ingles will slot in with Jordan Clarkson being the first man off the bench. 
But again, both of them fit this game environment. It's a game environment that's going to push the pace. Uh, both of them like to soak up touches. Joe Ingles can knock down some shots just like Jordan Clarkson can. Uh, both of them can drive the basket. They're guys that, uh, that, that, I, that I will have a ton of in, uh, in all my million maker lineups. I love it. And Joe Ingles, where can we slot him in? Is he just in a guard spot or you want him in the forward spot? Um, we're going we're gonna to put him at, uh, at either the guard or the forward spot. So that, that's something that I typically leave for, uh, okay. for a second to last with my util spot, specifically for that reason, like you just mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when you have a guy like Joe Ingles, do we plug him at the guard? Do we plug him at the forward? And it's, uh, it's similarly to what I always talk about. It all depends on how it affects the rest of your lineup construction, right? So I love it. Uh, if, if, if we end up taking him at the forward spot, uh, does that mean I get a better guard? Or if I put him at the guard spot, do I get a better forward? That's the beauty of having uh, dual positional eligibility over on DraftKings. Yeah, there we go. That's a lot of fun. All right, let's hop over to the power forward slot then. Yes, absolutely. So right at the top, we have Zion, who again, we were discussing earlier in the show that is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Um, right now, I'm going to leave him out of my lineup. Uh, and and honestly, in a couple of my millies, I, I'll probably, even if he does end up playing, and we get confirmation from the Pelicans that he's a full go. I'll probably still leave him out in a couple, just because I'm I'm so high on Brandon Ingram in that game environment that I might leave out Zion, especially with the uh, with the ownership percentage that he's likely to come in at. Uh, I mean, he's a sensation of the NBA in his rookie year right now. So a lot of people are going to play him, whether they're whether they're entering 150 or one lineup. A ton of people are going to play Zion, and uh, that kind of scares me off him. But then there's a massive drop at this power forward position. So you have guys like Royce O'Neal, uh, uh, Marcus Morris. Uh, you have guys like Kyle Kuzma. You have Markeith Morris, uh, Nicola Melli. These are all guys that they're not exactly the sexiest of names, the sexiest of plays, right? So, I mean, these are guys that we're going to have to take a shot on when it comes to winning, winning a million maker. And especially when you look at, our premium payup options in Anthony Davis, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. We only have five thousand one hundred twenty-five dollars left per position. I'm I'm not ready to play Zion to punt three positions. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at the power forward position, um, I'm looking at at guys like Kyle Kuzma, guys like Nikola Melli, um, specifically because I think in both of their respective team rotations, these are guys that could see an added boost to kind of their injury situation and specifically to Nicola Melli's situation, his, uh, his game environment. Again, we saw Derek favors that, that miss scrimmage today. It, it, it was, I don't know if it was completely random, if it was a, a planned load management, but they didn't announce it as that. So, and teams haven't exactly been hesitant to say that they're, that they're managing a player, uh, a, a player's fatigue level. So right now I'm, 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 I'm going to go with the safer option in Kyle Kuzma. Uh, simply because I don't know if Nicola Melli is going to get all that many minutes just yet. But if Derek Favors were to be ruled out officially, uh, mm-hmm. I will be plugging in Nicola Melli in a bunch of lineups. And his ownership percentage is probably going to skyrocket, but rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I mean, that's that's the NBA DFS. I mean, we're doing this like 10 days in advance, whatever it is. Um, everything's going to change. We'll see if Zion comes back or who's going to leave the bubble or who has something else happen. It's the nature of the beast at this point. So we're, we're having some fun while we still can, of course. Um, and yeah, we're, we're of course, we're going to do this probably two more times before this comes around. So we're going to keep rocking and rolling with it. All right. So now, now where do we want to go? We want to fill in the guard of the, the forward slot or are we hopping over to utility? Um, typically the guard and forward slot are, are what I do next. And I actually like to, to do them together in the sense that I make the decision as, as a duo. 
um, specifically because, again, like I was saying, it all depends on how it affects the rest of my lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me take an example here. Let's say a guy like Drew Holiday, who's not forward eligible because he's point guard or shooting guard. If I absolutely want Drew Holiday, well, then what does my forward situation look like? Yep. Whereas if I want a guy like Zion, who's forward eligible but not guard eligible, if I want Zion, what does my guard situation look like? So that's why I always like to do them in in duos because to me it's not just about again it, I'm 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 gonna keep emphasizing this it it's not about the individual play it's all about how it affects the rest of your lineup construction in the sense that how do I get the most amount of points from these two players combined rather than the individual one so we could kind of toggle back and forth and uh, and make the decision together so I know we're taking Joe Ingles yes so we it's are really just a matter of if is there a forward better than a guard that you would want right that's exactly it it's it's so, like you're reading my mind right now we we, uh, we you could tell we've been doing pods together for a while now i mean you're, you're reading my mind at this point just a few so <laughs> I, I assume we're not going lonzo ball i assume we're not going mike conley because we really don't have that much money left and really at the guard spot the highest we really could go is joe ingles whereas at the forward spot Joe Ingles is also kind of the highest that we can go. So uh, I don't know, man. This is a, this is an interesting one. What do you, what are you yeah. feeling? Where where do we want to look? Where do we? Where so are we looking for? in these last three spots, I typically like to 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 kind of stay around where my average salary is, and then if I want to adjust from there, that's where you can make your pivots. For example, if we on the next three players that we decide, if we have uh, if we magically have, I don't know if it's mathematically possible at this point, but if we have three thousand dollars left, hey. Let's take out Kyle Kuzma and put in Zion if he plays. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Those are pivots that you could make after. Um, But at the guard spot right now, I would like to lock in Joe Ingles um, for the time being. And then if we don't see a forward that we like, we ship them over to forward and we go Mm -hmm. right back to that guard position. Love it. Um, Love it. And now we're hopping over to forward. Yeah, absolutely. So right at the top, you have uh, Zion again. We, we've already discussed it. It's possible that he doesn't play. Kawhi and LeBron simply don't work uh, from a salary perspective. Um, PG is somebody that, that, that could be a tad lower owned simply because in that price bracket, I'm pretty sure a lot of guys are going to be like, if you're going up to pay 7,200 for PG, why not play that $300 for Zion? And then all of a sudden, oh, why not pay that extra salary for Kawhi? And oh, why not pay that extra salary for AD? Right. And then it's just, it's a trickle down effect from that point. So Paul George is somebody that I'm considering here. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm probably going to be underweight compared to the field in the sense that I won't have as many shares uh, simply because I'm targeting that uh, that Utah New Orleans game a bit more. And um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's basically the primary reason there. But I'm I'm going to go with the Lakers value here. So the Lakers are a team right now that with Avery Bradley out and Rajon Rondo also out now, I assume LeBron is going to be playing the role of the point guard and mm. for the majority of the game, whenever he's in, whenever he's in, he's for sure going to be the primary ball handler. Um, but again, this kind of brings back that, that debate, like, Hey, is LeBron going to play a full 36 or not? Hopefully we get some news uh, leading up until next mm. week. Um, but this leads me to one of the three guys here that I think will go off. Um, do you want multiple of them in your lineup? My initial thought right now is no. Uh, obviously depending on your lineup construction, we can make an argument for yes, but, uh, typically with the Lakers, when, when one of their, uh, spot up shooters, I guess we could call them. I mean, they're not exactly the the best shooters in the league, but they're, they're spot up shooters for, for Lakers rotation. When, when one of them gets hot, they typically feed them a lot. And when I mean, they, I mean, LeBron, 
Um, we saw what happened with LeBron and J.R. Smith with that Cavs meme that will remain relevant for who knows how many tens of years uh, from now on, right? So, I mean, he's a guy that uh, seems to be when, when he loses his trust in you because you've either taken a couple bad fouls or you've made some bad uh, decisions in the quarter, you've missed some wide open shots. He's a guy that's not exactly going to look to you first, right? So um, one of these three guys, J.R. Smith, uh, KCP or Danny Green, uh, it, it is going to have to knock down some shots in order for the Lakers to make uh, to make a push in this game. And my initial thought right now is KCP. I mean, again, when we're looking at these guys in their past games, um, the the guy that decided to, I guess you could say, show up that day because the other two players coincidentally played absolutely terrible in those same games. Um, he took uh, two to three, sometimes even four times as many shooting attempts as the other two. And he also put up 20 plus points in every game, whereas the other two didn't even hit double digits. So again, when we're talking about guys like KCP, Danny Green and J.R. Smith, I wouldn't lean to putting two of them in your lineup. But uh, I, I definitely feel like one of them is going to have to contribute uh, some big points in order for us to uh, in order for us to make uh, a push for this money maker. And so with J.R. Smith, he's going to have a lot of name recognition, but he hasn't played in a very long time. Um, he obviously didn't play all of this year. I don't remember. Was he on the Cavs two years ago? Like I honestly do not remember where he was a couple seasons ago. So yeah. I mean, how much? How much do you really think he has in him at this point to to put up enough to warrant playing him, even even at the small number of what is it, four K? Like that's still crazy to me. I mean, for me right now, I'm 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 going to be focusing on on game theory on this two game slate. I mean, typically when there's a larger slate, we could we could dive into. Uh, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say dive into, but we could rely on a lot more of our advanced statistics and, and our research. But for, for these ones, we kind of have to take a deeper dive in the sense that there's only so many players to pick from. So we're going to have to rely on uh, mm-hmm. on some game theory. And in, in my lineups that I think that, hey, LeBron or AD maybe won't play a full 36, maybe AD plays something closer to that, but LeBron doesn't. Who's to say that, J.R. Smith doesn't go out there and put up 25 shots and they just say, Hey, use this game to get your rust out. You know what I yeah, mean? We're, good. we're five, we're five and a half games out. We're, we're five and a half games uh, in the lead for first right now. We, we know that, Hey, if, if we decide to play AD and LeBron at full 36, we could beat anybody leading up to this playoff run. So why not throw a guy like Dion waiters, a guy like J.R. Smith and say, Hey, go out there and throw up 20 to 25 shots whether it's from the three-point line, whether it's from inside, no matter where it is, you get it, you got an open look, take the shot and get your rust off. So he's definitely somebody that I'm that I'm going to be considering because if we go with that theory, if he's going to put up that many shots, eventually they're going to start knocking down, mm-hmm. right? And J.R. Smith is is one of the streakiest shooters that I could remember uh, for, for, since I've been watching basketball. I mean, this is a guy that when he gets hot, he could – no matter how close the defender closes in on him, he's a guy that could shoot, shoot surprisingly shoot over people for a guy that's not exactly the biggest in stature. And, and he's a guy that could get really hot really quick. So he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be considering. Absolutely. Very interesting. I like That's a great theory because, I mean, he does need to knock the rust off. These preseason games or whatever we want to call them are only going to do so much. Like a real game we know is a real game. If we saw what the Nuggets threw out, 
that was just the most ridiculous lineup I've ever seen in my life with Jokic at point guard and bull bull. So you just got to get, yep. You got to get weird and wacky with it. So you might as well enjoy it. So let's hop over to the utility spot. We still have 6,300 left. So we can grab someone like Mike Conley. As we said, Derek favors, not sure about him. Montrez Harrell, he left the bubble. So we'll see what happens there. Lou Williams is still out there as well. Who are you looking at for this spot? And, and again, going with back to your theory of if we can pay down a little bit here, still find a couple extra hundred bucks and maybe pay up in that power forward slot. How how are you? How do you kind of jump through those hoops to make sure you're really looking at all these options? So when when I get down to my utility spot, uh, I pretty obviously the first thing that I do is take a look at how much salary I have left and which player is realistically in my range, both um, lower than the salary that I have left, but also higher. Let's say um, I'm going to take the two names that we have on the screen right now, Paul George and Rudy Gobert. These are guys that mathematically speaking, we cannot afford with the lineup that we have right now. But with Rudy Gobert, that's only 7,100. That's when I tend to look at my lineup and say, hey, can I save another $800 somewhere else in my lineup to be able to get a guy like Rudy Gobert? Because man, I absolutely want him. Uh, in this case, I, I, Rudy Gobert is not somebody that I'm looking at over on DraftKings, but I mean, in, in the case where, let's say, for example, it's Paul George or Alonzo or Zion or Drew Holiday is a little bit steep because we're looking at $2,300 extra. And I'm, I'm probably going to have to come off one of Donovan Mitchell, Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma uh, or uh, AD, sorry. So for that, it, that, that's where I kind of live with myself and set realistic expectations. But that's pretty much where I'm making my pivot. And then in the sense that it also works in the other sense where I'm like, hey, I have 6300 left. But out of all these guys that I can afford right now, man, Lou Will is the guy that I want and it leaves me with $1,200 left. Do I leave $1,200 on the table to be different? Do I see if I could upgrade a guy like Kyle Kuzma? Do I go from Jordan Clarkson to somebody that's starting because I, I'm, I'm playing cash games and I want the safer floor instead of Jordan Clarkson's ceiling, right? So these are all the decisions that you make and, and it's nice to have that luxury to do it in the utility spot because you're not restricted to a certain position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what are we doing here, man? Let's tell the people. Let's get it. Um, pretty much uh, just to run through a couple options real quick. Uh, we've already spoken about Drew Holiday, Zion, Lonzo, Paul George. Um, Mike Conley is a guy that that scares me a bit. I mean, he did miss some time this season, and uh, again, he's a guy that's not getting any younger. Uh, Derek Favors, uh, Lord knows why he missed a scrimmage today. Harrell isn't even in uh, in the bubble right now. Uh, does Lou Will see as many minutes? I mean, even though he doesn't start, he's still a guy that's crucial to the rotation. He's often in their closing lineup. Uh, so that's another guy that's like that. Uh, Zubak is gone from the ball. Pat Bev is. With everything that's as is right now, I'll probably, like on the lower end, lean towards a guy like, again, we mentioned him before, Nicola Melli, if Favors is out. Uh, a guy like Reggie Jackson is going to see a huge uptick in minutes if Pat Bev is out. Um, and if we actually go all the way down, uh, we get guys like J.R. Smith. We get guys like Alex Caruso, Danny Green. These are all guys that I'll see an uptick in minutes, right? So um, right now, I, I feel like almost any one of these options are viable. But um, right now, I would lean to say that I am going to go with Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Yeah. I love it. We're leaving uh, a couple bucks on the table. 
Looks like 1700 And again, you got to be a little weird when we're doing these things. We got to get a little wacky. It's a million maker. There's a lot of people going. So um, I love it. I, I appreciate the hell out of you, Ghost. As everybody can see, there is a, a formula to this gentleman's mind. There is an algorithm that he runs through, especially with these weird two-game slates. So as you can see, how we did it, why we did it, and what we're doing with it. So I just want to say thank you so much uh, to Ghost. Ghost, where can everybody find you on the internet? Um, at DFS underscore ghost on Twitter. And as always in uh, almost, if not every single channel in uh, in our Discord chat over at Win Daily Sports. And just one key thing that I want to mention again, in that lineup that I had the pleasure of building with Michael over here, uh, you have $1,700 left in salary. Don't be afraid to leave some money on the table. But again, when you get in a spot like this, do not uh, be afraid to kind of make some pivots from here on out. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. So everybody, I am at Michael Raziel one also can find me in the discord, but not quite as active as ghost because he's way more incredible than I am. And you can absolutely find us at windailysports.com backslash 23, everything on the site, all the articles, all the projections, all the cheat sheets, and the discord where ghost and I were just talking about all of that for 23 cents for the first month. So thank you all very much and make it a very profitable night. <laughs>